Bernard. Hey, Paul. So we're going to have a conversation about favorite things to do is, like I was saying to you earlier, <laughs> people say, I told you so. No, I don't really mean that. But I mean, <laughs> you've been so right about this topic, and I've been so honestly thick-headed about it that I give you huge credit for forcing me to do a, a major here. And and also just dig up what I was being weirdly resistant to. So I kudos to you, and then I'll say what it is. <laughs> so. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, you yeah, know. Well, uh, ultimately, I did it just to stop injuring myself. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, that's good. I, if I can help with that, and good for me. But so we're going to talk heart rate stuff, but we're going to talk specifically about a few parameters that are absurdly interesting and important but also overlooked and as you said in a recent blog post that we'll link to misunderstood at least in one of these but i love them in some sense are misunderstood <laughs> so one of these parameters these cardiovascular parameters that maybe is the one people understand the best or at least think they do and we're going to go through a few of them and talk about what the, why they're important, how they help you with training and what have you. But maybe start with resting heart rate, because that's something I think, to a degree, most people think that they know what that is. They have a sense of how they, how they might measure it. Um, so why don't we start there, if you're okay with that, and then let's just talk about why is it important? Yeah. So I love, I love cool, simple, objective data to help people along with their journeys, right? Yeah. You and I come at this for different reasons, right? You love the mathematics involved. Guilty as charged. Or the health or the just the trials and tribulations. But I've come across using resting heart rate as just one other objective means of showing my patients that they're getting healthier. Yeah. So you wake up first thing in the morning, you check your heart rate. Or if you wear one of those watches or wear one of those rings, it'll yeah. tell you what your resting heart rate was. And it's a tremendous for your overall health, stress, and general well-being yeah. in those circumstances. Right. And with a bunch of provisos that are perfectly Correct. understandable, like it's idiosyncratic to you. It's not, uh, I mean, Lance Armstrong has a resting heart rate of X. I want one of those. No, it doesn't work that way, <laughs> right? It's, right? It's about what what yours has been and how it's changing as a measure of body's stress and fitness and how forming as, as at least in a, from a cardiovascular sense as a system. That, hey, I, I want to compare my resting heart rate to everyone on my block. That's just being stupid. No, I, you and I do this all the time with each other and compare others. But, and I'd love these norms are, right? Whether it's the HRV app or whoop, yeah. right? I mean, the bias is tremendous. There aren't normals, but not, if, if you're not a runner and you're not an endurance athlete and your heart rate is under 40 and over eight, eight, 80, you need to notice something. You, you need to know that something is, is amiss and you should look look into this further but for the rest of us and those heart disease etc yeah keep monitoring that rate and seeing the impacts of your daily activities 
can be very motivating. It's motivating. And, I'm, and the, the, the key, before getting maybe a little bit deeper into that, the key is, I was just looking at the data, I think Mayo has some data that the, the, the adult, the average adult non-athlete resting heart rate has a huge range, like 60 to 90, 60 to 100 or something like that, which is really no point in comparing yourself to anyone else. That that endurance athlete might be forty five, might be might be lower. I ran into someone the other day who, of all things, was thirty eight. <laughs> it's like the old Monty Python skit. It's like mostly dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like now and then you pop back to life, but you're mostly dead. So so these things. But the key is to keep an eye on it. And as you said at the beginning, do it at the same time. Don't be thinking like, I'm going to check my resting heart rate late afternoon every today and then first thing tomorrow morning. This is meaningless. I mean, it may be good fun, but it doesn't really tell you anything in terms of the trend with respect to how how fit you are and how you're handling stress in your life and whatever else. So the, the, do it at the same time. Even do it in the same position. You don't want to be testing your resting heart rate while you're you know jumping around the house. Sit quietly and, and maybe first thing in the morning and, and check it. Or as you said, many devices just give it to you by default if you wear them overnight or whatever else, right? Right. And you can do it before you sit up. Yeah. And you can do it af right after you stand up because yeah. they'll be very different numbers. Yeah. And, and if you want, chart them, mark them. And yeah. for people who do run, not the ultras, and but folks like you and me, that's a great little barometer also in terms of what your internal stress is and how you responded to your run yesterday and the day before, or stress, home-related stress, etc. It's just another point as to what am I going to do today? Yeah, it's like one of the things on your dashboard, right? I mean, it's not the thing, it's not the speedometer, it's not the gap. It's just another really useful, say, of four or five, maybe less indicators you can look at. And I mean, I'm looking at mine right now, I'm looking at my seven-day resting heart rate, and I can I can see the patterns and they, and they, they have meaning. If I go up five beats in terms of my resting heart rate over a period, there's a reason, right? It could be sleeplessness. It could be that my my workout load is too big. It could be stress, but there's a reason. This, the, these things don't just change at like 10% in a short time for no reason. And that's super important to know. No doubt about it. You know, if my, if my resting heart rate is above a certain level, I'm not going long. I'm not going hard. Yeah. Yes, I'll use other data and some of how I feel, but you're right. If you're jumping three, four, five, six beats, something is going on and it's worth it to think about what it was that brought you there and what you're going to do about it. Yeah. So resting heart rate is something that I've always paid some attention to, but I pay a lot more attention to now in part <laughs> at your urging just because a much noisier signal than it is and only slowly came to the realization that it's actually a more stable signal. And so the trends are worth are worth watching these five and four or five, six beat changes over to over the case of a few weeks even is are really important to understand what's going on. Is it because of something you're doing and maybe you should pull back or whatever else? So so it's good. My biggest criticism of resting heart rate is that it's just not mathy enough. <laughs> Where's the fun? There's no fun in resting heart rate. I want something with more math. I'm kidding, but no, I, it's, we're going to get into some mathy ones here in a second. Another one that you pushed on me and I, I, I now pay, well, 
okay, it's a more complicated story, but I pay more <laughs> attention to, but I have a fraught relationship with like an, like a, like a, like an old girlfriend or something is recovery heart rate. Why don't, I'll let you explain what it is and then we can talk about why it matters. Yeah. You, you sprung that on me one day and you just, you had to know it at yeah, that I moment. Know. Tell me now. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell you until the next day when I did it. I know. So the recovery is, it's expressed in one minute or two minutes. And if you're exercising and you come to a dead stop from where your heart rate is at that moment to where you are in two minutes, that's your, the amount that you were. Yeah. And you want that to be more than to 13 beats interval and hopefully more than 20 to 22 beats in the two minute interval. Yeah, and it's obviously it's fitness related, it's age related. There's all kinds of factors here. Again, and the the major giant footnote here is obviously assuming cardio cardiovascular health in every other sense. But you want to, like you say, you want to see a slope. I want to see a, a, a significant slope of decline from the moment I stopped until whatever it is. Usually, two minutes. It's built into a lot of devices. Like for example, I have a Garmin, and on my Garmin, a wrist based, it'll it automatically does it. You tell it to screw off and not do it. It automatically does it <laughs> at the end of a of a workout, like a run. It'll give right. me my my two minute recovery heart rate pretty much all, every time. I think Apple watches do it by default. I'm not positive. I don't know about other devices. But the point being, it's there, it's available, and there's a defensible rash. This is not voodoo. There's a very defensible rationale. As the more cardiac you have, the easier it is for your body to recover from an effort. And that recovery from an effort shows up in a, a, rever a mean reverting phenomenon and reverting to, the, to your more regular heart rate. So I fall back towards some, it won't be all the way to normalcy. Two minutes generally isn't enough unless you were, I don't know, like golfing or something. Super fit. Yeah, if you're truly an elite athlete. But for the rest of us, you're just looking to see, did I get that a 25 you know, beats per minute decline or whatever, 15 to 20 minutes over the course of a couple of minutes, usually two minutes. And, and that's a fantastic indicator of how, how quickly you're recovering from an effort in the, in the short run. And, and if you don't see that, understand why. It could be because you're fatigued, but there are a lot... There are a lot this is the end of the free public preview of the Simpla Vita podcast. For the full podcast, including a transcript and show notes, you can upgrade at simplavita.com. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. We will not respond to requests for medical advice.